Well, good morning, everybody. So today, as I go into my, my series, and I'm, I'm really going on week three, I'm wrapping up this morning. I have a testimony of a friend of mine um, who planted a church a couple years ago, and how we sometimes are afraid of and, and can happen. God doesn't give us all the details when he calls us to do something. He just says, go, and he's going to see if we're willing to take the first step. Now, if we're not willing to take the first step, he's not going to tell you the next step. And I truly believe if God, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, that I truly believe if God gave us all the details, our little heads will explode. I mean, God's given me glimpses of the church for rice, but he hasn't given me all the details how it's supposed to work out. Partially because he might know I'm going to quit when I see some stuff that, it's com- that might be coming up. And we, Sheldon and Crystal are their names. They, they planted a church, frontline church down in Burnsville. Um, They've been, they've been in our prayers because the enemy doesn't do anything new. Dude's been doing the same thing since the beginning of time. He lies, cheats, steals, and destroys. That's what he does. Hasn't tried anything new. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off this morning by just kind of highlighting some of their testimony. And if anybody wants to read it afterwards, some of the things that God's done, I'm going to leave it out for us. But it, he talks about how him and Crystal were called in spring of 2016 to plant a church. Of course, they did the normal Christian thing. They said, let us pray about that. Now, in this case, I would definitely pray about planting a church. It's not something you want to jump into blindly. But what they did is they kept being obedient to God in the process. They wanted a missions trip. They started, mis- they started evangelizing and helping and, and, and serving with, with youth. And through the relationship of building it with the missionary... And that 10 days they spent there, they got the call from God that it was their call to plant a church. Now, that doesn't stop you from being scared. They were nervous about it because they're, they're planting a church from zero. Those two, that's it. And when you first start planting a church and you start doing that, it really makes you scared. The Assemblies of God gave them the okay to do it. The minute you think you, you, you do what God's calling you to do, you think, okay, it's going to be all nice. In the spring of 2017, they made it public that they were going to start and plant a church and they were going to start raising the funds and they were seeking prayer warriors and they were recruiting a team to launch in January of 18. Now, in the process of that, they could not find a building to meet in. The money wasn't coming in to do this. Everything, as far as a church planter is going, is going wrong for them. Nothing was coming together. Their teams weren't coming together the way they thought they would. And so he said he asked God, what's the point? He felt defeated. He was ready to throw in the towel. But he said God spoke to him so clearly that if you quit, who's going to tell my people how much I love them? I think God's got some of that for you this morning. If you hold back, who's going to tell the people you know how much God loves them? He says, who's going to tell my people and free them from suicide and depression? So now now nothing's going right, but God's laying a bigger burden on his heart. You see how it works? When we obey and listen to God, the burden grows. 
so you can't do anything else but what he's called you to do. Because he kept seeking God. Discouragement kept coming back. Their prayer changed from God, tell us who to talk to, to Lord, send the people. Oh, does that make a difference? Not God, lead people across my path, but God, you already have the people. Send them to us. In the process of doing that, I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of the rest of this. They got a building. As he was in prayer one day, God gave him a building, and this building's amazing. It came equipped with sound equipment. It was actually a place they did concerts in, in Burnsville. It was right across from the city hall where he was going to go to ask if he could use that building. And it was right across. It's called the garage. So they came in, sound tech with the building. So they didn't even have to figure out how to run sound and lights. That was given to them by God. So things are going well. And this is part, probably my favorite testimony of what's going on with these guys. All of a sudden, everything's going right. Their daughter gets really, really, really sick to the point that they were afraid they were going to lose her. And so they found out two days after making it public that they're planting a church, their fourth child, their due date was around their launch date. And from the beginning, the doctor told my wife that she was bleeding internally right next to where the baby was growing. During the second checkup, the doctor told us that the blood had increased in size. Many people were praying for us during this time because all this was happening after we said yes. Like I said, the enemy's tricks ain't ever, ain't ever changed. He's going to do what he can to discourage, create fear. To keep a long story short, the doctors then said our daughter might have Down syndrome. They said she might have issues the rest of her life. They said she had a bright spot growing on her heart and that it was an indicator for trouble and development issues. They tried talking us into giving up the baby, but we weren't having any of it. We believe God for a miracle. In May of 2018, our baby Milo was admitted to the hospital for uncontrollable seizures. Every body function, including breathing, would stop. She wouldn't convulse. She just stopped everything and went limp. It was like a silent killer trying to kill her. Doctor after doctor kept running tests, kept trying to do things. The week before her first pre-op consultation, and after multiple hospital stays and multiple tests, the Lord healed their daughter completely. This girl is awesome if you meet her. I have met her a couple times. Yeah, I mean, we, we give little claps to God. She went from having a dozen seizures a day to none. Nine out of ten doctors were confounded, and they couldn't explain it, but they couldn't deny it. You don't have to have all the answers. This is how he finished it as I was talking to him. He said, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't even need to have all the faith. You just need to trust, and you need to cultivate your dependency on God. If we showed up, Again and again, if he showed up again and again for us, he can show up again and again for anyone. And I think that's why God laid it on my heart with the prayer this morning. Some of you guys have been hanging on to things for too long and not understanding the God we serve, the God who still heals today. You guys want to use a testimony of healing 
Sheldon will probably come and share it in any, any place possible. Any, every time we run into him, we sit and talk. And I love his daughter because she is just a bundle of energy now. You would never know anything was ever wrong with her. But all the problems happened after they said yes. So that's why some of you guys don't say yes. That's why a lot of times we don't go all in with God. Because we're afraid of what might happen after we say yes. In the first week, we discussed what it looks like to go all in and how we can do all the right things and still be doing things wrong. We talked about how we can follow all the rules but still not be following Jesus. Last week, we talked about how those smallest acts of obedience can make the biggest difference in your life. A simple yes may make the biggest difference in your life. A simple no to something you know you shouldn't be doing may make the biggest difference in your life. Because going all in is the unwillingness to give up no matter how hard the fight gets, knowing we have a Savior who's already victorious. And to step towards our destiny, we have to step away from our security. Again, been a little bit in in this guy's shoes planting a church. Thankfully, I had somebody who ran before me, so I didn't have to start it all from scratch. But it's, a, it's, it's, it's still not comfortable. Now, this, again, isn't a message that's telling you guys to leave your jobs. It's telling you to use your jobs for what God has for you. Today, we're gonna, you guys can go ahead and turn into Judges 3.31. We're just going to read a short portion of Scripture today. Three thirty-one. While you're looking there, how many of you guys ever see that movie Bada Zoo with Matt Damon? One. Okay, sweet. So I guess I got to explain the movie. It was based on a real life true story. Dude lost his wife, had his kids, and all of a sudden just had a dream to buy a zoo to save it from going under. What I love, what I love about this movie, and as I studied it, Matt's Damon. Ki- Damon's character, what he talked about kind of hits home with me. He, was the, he, he portrayed the role of Benjamin Mee, who was a British writer. He rescues a failing zoo while coming to terms with his life as a widow and a single father. And he makes a statement in this movie that I think a lot of us can learn a lot from. He says, all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. If we go in to Judges 3.31, I think this will make a little more sense. It says, after him came Shamgar, the son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. That's, dude's got one other verse in the whole Bible. But apparently he made a big enough, and he, okay, understand, he, dude, he's one of the judges in the Bible, okay? In case you don't understand, I should probably back that up a little bit. He is one of the judges in the succession because Israel didn't always have kings. They had judges that kind of told them where to go and what to do. Okay, so it went judge after judge. Every time they had a judge, things went well. Every time there wasn't a judge, things didn't go so well. Every time you come to church, things kind of go well. Every time you go away and you don't read your Bible, things don't go so well. See how that kind of goes? Every time I hang out with people who don't follow Christ, not so well. Every time I get together with Christians, Iron sharpens iron. 
So it kind of goes hand in hand. So this is what's going on. And all of a sudden, this dude, in his one verse that he gets in the whole Bible, says, guess what? This dude came next, and he killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. Do you guys know what an ox goad is? It can be a stick up to 10 feet long. It's got a pointy thing on it to keep an oxen moving. He killed 600 Philistines with that. That's crazy. But he had insane courage. We don't know if he did it multiple, over multiple times. Again, it doesn't go into all that. But dude still sit, killed 600 Philistines. So he had in 20 seconds of insane courage because he listened to God. He didn't make this decision to do it on his own. God gave him the green light to do it. Because here's the facts about it. Shamgar had no army. He had no alliance. And he had no artillery. All he had was his stick. And it was a stick that was used by farmers. But the first thing we need to understand from that verse and what I want to get through for us today to understand is Shamgar assessed the situation at hand. He took what he had, where he was, and he did what he could. So the first step in following God is start where you are. Don't think you have to get everything together. Don't think you have to put it all in line. Don't think you have to get all your ducks in a row. Just start where you are. And here's the key to starting. You ready for this one? You gotta write this down. Because this is that you probably forget this one. Hit your knees. Prayer is where it starts. Again, I think we sometimes make this too difficult. I think we have to figure out the right formula. God's got the formula. We just need to spend time with him to hear it. Courage doesn't wait for situational factors. Courage only waits for one thing, and that's a green light from God. Just like we talked about with Sheldon and Crystal and planting the church, me coming up here and working with Emil, it started in our prayer rooms seeking God and what did he want to happen. Because this, I didn't come here first when I got a job. I got called to another church first. God used me there for a year. I came back here. I had other opportunities, but I went back to the prayer room where I first heard from God and spent time with God and said, where do you want me to go next? And I got a call from Emil. I said, okay. I like small towns. It seemed to fit. It didn't make sense because I could have went to a, a bigger church. I could have had it easier. I could have just blended in. Instead, God said, let me put you here and see what you can do with my people. I said, nothing. He said, you follow me, you'll be just fine. That was in my prayer room. Now, you can argue with God. You can argue with Scripture. But I know what God and I talked about. And so spend time with God. That's where it starts. Shamgar started by spending time with God as he was driving his oxen, as he was working. And God said, I give you the green light to defeat 600 Philistines with your stick. <laughs> I just love that thought process. Because the best you can do with what you have is doing it where you are. So that's the next thing is use what you have. 
He used his stick. You have something God has already given you in your life to do exactly what God has called you to do. And you may not think it's a big deal, but when you give it to God and you start on your knees and you use what you have, he can make a difference. Think about some of the people in the Bible. The biggest thing God gives us is visions. He gives us dreams. He gives us people. You go to the Bible, you saw Moses. He saw a burning bush. And he said, I can't do nothing, God. And God said, what do you got in your hand? My staff? Drop it. Turns into a stake. Pick it up. He had his staff. So he used what he had. Gideon had only 300 men to go against thousands. He used what he had and what God told him to use to do what he needed. How about David? He defeated Goliath with a slingshot. Dude was nine feet tall. How many of you guys are going to go after a giant with a slingshot and a rock? But what did he say? I come at you in the name of the Lord of the heaven arm, heaven's armies. How dare you back my bad talk about this guy? Do you not know he is the creator? That's who David spent time with when he was shepherding in the fields. He had heard from God, and he said, uh-uh, this is my God. This guy is talking some smack. I'll pull out some rock here for you people that watch wrestling. I'm going to lay this, David said, I'm going to lay the smack down on this guy in the name of the Lord. So use what you have. You had a little boy who had two loaves or two fish and five loaves to feed 5,000. You had a widow woman in Elijah's day who had a little bit of wheat and a little bit of oil. When you use what you have, God can wait. God can do something miraculous. Don't wait on God to send you something you already have. The third thing is, do what you can. Don't worry about being someone else. Defending himself against 600 Philistines with an ox goad definitely elevated Shamgar to the status of a champion. It really doesn't matter if he did it all at once. But how often do we fail to make a contribution because we mistakenly conclude that our contribution won't matter? This year you will hear that a lot. My one vote won't matter. If enough people think that way, nothing gets done. Jesus taught us that even a, co- a cup of cold water given in his name is significant. You may feel unworthy, and I said it this morning, that's somewhat true, we all are. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But it takes God in our life to make us usable. God isn't looking for worthy people to bless, he's looking for available people. The last statement I want to do before we go into communion this morning is pray like it depends on God, but then remember you got to work like it depends on you. He had to go around and swing his stick at 600 Philistines. Could God have done it? Yeah. And then the end one says, and then when you do that, God will do something miraculous. God wants to partner with you to change your situations, to change your world. We already have the victory. Jesus won it over sin and death, but we've got to step into that victory, and we've got to go all in 
and all out for our all in all.